Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, hello and welcome to this Women's World Cup Gegenpod special edition where we are going to grab a crystal ball and take you on a journey through the World Cup before it even happens and come out with our ultimate winner, who will be left standing in Sydney on August 20. And joining me, Amy Duggan, for this podcast, I couldn't have asked for a better all-star cast, our very own Matilda, 109 caps and Optus ambassador, Steph Catley. Awesome to have you join us ahead of the World Cup. Thank you for having me. Heather Garriock, our Hall of Famer, former Matilda, a million other accolades I could be adding in there, an Optus Sport expert. Cannot wait to hear what you have to say about all these teams, H. Welcome. Thanks, Aim, and um, definitely got lefties on the pod today, so <laughs> lefties rule. Well, maybe That's on your side of the park, I'll be holding up a strong side, <laughs> right side, don't worry about that. And joining us also is another Optus Sport expert in Michelle Escobar. Unfortunately, Michelle, no appearances for the Matildas, but you <laughs> have yet. sat There's in the stands. <laughs> yes, still time. She you won't have get sat a call in up. the stands maybe. for uh, many, many, many games. So great to have you join us as well. Let's get straight into this because lots and lots of pools to get through. We'll start right at the beginning. We'll follow the alphabet because that keeps it simple. In World Cup Group A, we have New Zealand, Norway, the Philippines and Switzerland. We're going to talk through each of these four teams and then we're going to try and land on a consensus on who are the two teams going through to the next round. So here we go. New Zealand is off the ranks, number one. Of course, joint host of the Women's World Cup 2023, playing on home soil over there in New Zealand. But I've got some bad news for them to start with because they've never won a World Cup game. I don't think that matters, same. Maybe you can have three draws and get through the group. You never know. Um, obviously, New Zealand are playing at home, so that's going to help them out. However, you've got a team like Norway who have got some quality players that play around the globe. So in terms of Norway, they would be my tip to go through the group. What about yours? Yeah, I agree. I think Norway definitely. Um, I do think for New Zealand it helps that they're at home and like you said, you never know. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. It's a brand new World Cup. So um, yeah, you never know. And obviously the Philippines are an interesting bag with Stadge there at the at the helm. He's, um, yeah, he's always got his, his teams organised, but for me it's Norway as well. I think they've got so many incredible players and they did have a, a pretty rough Euros, but um, yeah, they'll be looking to bounce back from that, start fresh. So Michelle, are we discounting Switzerland here? Switzerland, you know, they were decent at the women's Euros, but... I think the Philippines, they have nothing to lose. Obviously, it's a given that Norway, well, at least for us, are going to top it. But I think we have to be wary of the Philippines. Obviously, they've got Alan Stadich at the helm there. And they've got some quality players. And this is the, the moment that they've all been, you know, leading up to. Someone like a, a striker like Bolden who can 
put um, goals away, definitely. And um, Catley mentioned it about the structure of Stadge's team. So well, it's interesting how he put it yeah. together too, H. Talk us through that, this team. In yeah, well, obviously you look at the Philippines team and they're not all, all they don't all reside in the Philippines. Um, there's players from everywhere. In fact, we've got an Aussie playing, Angela Beard, that's playing for the Philippines, which we know her qualities are lefty, hard to come by. Few here though, <laughs> which is good. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to be well structured. So don't be surprised if you see them go through. Obviously, a huge expectation on them. Um, but in saying that, uh, I think yeah, I think Philippines could go through. But Graham Hansen, a Norway striker, prolific, uh, underperformed at the Euros. Have underperformed for several cycles now. New coach, uh, new excitement amongst the team. Ada coming back. Obviously mm -hmm. missed the last World Cup. Yeah, she's a big bonus for the team. I know she's ageing, but she's still a big bonus there. No, you could probably talk about her, Cats. She's she's an unbelievable striker. Again, we talk about prolific strikers, one of the best in the world. She decided not to play at the last World Cup for political reasons, um, but here she is back in the team and ready to rock and roll. Right, so you've obviously discounted New Zealand because that was my first question and we just kind of <laughs> skipped right over them and went straight to Norway who, after, a, as you mentioned, disastrous Euro 22, will be looking for some re redemption. The Philippines, I kind of feel here like it's a little bit of a dark horse to get through, but uh, I, I, I'm going to ask for a vote in a minute of where we sit on that one. And Switzerland, you know, they're decent, Michelle says. They mm. can get through uh, depending on other results. Don't forget Norway plays New Zealand in the first game, so that will give them a big leg up and it will make the challenge all the more difficult for New Zealand. Are we ready to say who will go through in this round? I think we're pretty much set on Norway topping the group, are we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Coming it's definitely Norway. Yeah. And who is going to be our second team going through? I mean, in my opinion, it's Switzerland. But I don't know Yeah, what you guys think. It, you would say um, the favourites would be Norway and Switzerland, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, however, um, I do like an underdog and I do like uh, <laughs> Philippines uh, for the reason that Stadge is an Aussie coach. Right, well, the split mm. vote comes down to oh, you, great. Michelle. Is it going to be Switzerland? Is it going to be the Philippines? To keep things exciting, I'm going to say the Philippines. No Back way. down to the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm scratching like, off. I jumped ahead. <laughs> it looks like Just to the point that they don't have much to lose and, you know, they've got a fantastic coach leading them. All right, mm -hmm. well, this will make things interesting <laughs> further down the pipeline. It certainly will. So from Group A through to the round of 16, we have Norway and underdogs with their Aussie coach, Alan Stajic at the helm, the Philippines going through. This is certainly going to get interesting. Uh, we're going to go to Group B. I yeah. call it the Big B because it's the biggest group to us here in Australia. Of course, Australia is part of this, the Republic of Ireland, Nigeria and Canada. Big game for Australia versus Canada. That'll be in Melbourne, the second game. We're kicking this off, of course, against Ireland at Stadium Australia. Tickets have gone like hotcakes. It's an absolute <laughs> sellout. The loser of that uh, Canada-Australia game will probably face England, so keep that in the back of your mind. Um, and we will talk about the rotation of players. But Republic of Ireland first up. No, we'll I want to say to Steph, <laughs> are you getting nervous talking about, are you getting goosebumps thinking about walking out to the FIFA music, the national anthem, first game? Yeah, I mean, when you think about it like that, you think about the sold-out crowd... It's felt like the biggest, longest build-up to a World Cup or any game of my life ever. 88,000 um, people. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. It's definitely exciting. Goosebumps every time I think about it. But, yeah, just trying to 
focus and yeah. relax and get not there freak first. her out. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully we ought to hear teammates on the other side of the pitch because I have a mm. feeling it's going to be pretty loud in that stadium. <laughs> no chance. All right, back to the group. Australia Sorry. taking on Ireland. It's Ireland's first Women's World Cup, H. Yeah, it is, but you got a coach within uh, Vera Powell who is very, very structured, um, touch, obviously, and um, some quality players uh, within the Republic of, of Ireland. I coached Denise O'Sullivan and she is just the orchestrator in the middle of the park. So um, not surprised that they got through. Um, they beat Scotland uh, to get through. We know what Scotland's like, um, very tenacious, aggressive, uh, winning mentality. So they're going to be a tough game. There's also Katie McCabe, obviously, who's... Your teammate. She's one yeah. of the most fiery players you've ever met, Steph? Sums them up, really, yeah. She's yeah. just full of energy, very, very aggressive. I think she kind of epitomises who they are as a team and, and what they stand for and the way that they play their football. She's had a fantastic season as well, finishing the team of the season for the Champions League and she was the only WSL player to feature in that. So it'll be interesting to see her. Mm-hmm. There is a little thorn and I, I hate to be the one to, to poke it, but they did beat us. They did. Yeah, that was a, an interesting game. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe they'll think that that's, that helps them. Um, but it was a while ago and we were in that stage where we were kind of rebuilding a little bit. We were starting fresh. We were playing young players. We were figuring stuff out. So I think that's all been part of the process to where we are now. Yeah, and so watch out Ireland. That's yeah, all we've pretty got to much. say about that. Exactly. All right, let's touch on Nigeria. We'll move on to Nigeria because... Uh, They failed to win their conference for the third time in history, but the first time in a long time. Um, You know, Nigeria 2019 were a a team that really surprised us, Heather. You have to watch out for them. They're no easy beats. Yeah, they've been the best uh, in Africa. Um, They're they're a quality team. They're led by Ebi. Um, But they've got a lot of older players um, that are playing at this Women's World Cup. Obviously, maybe their their last hurrah, so experience can play a good part. However, um, we know in terms of the quality of Nigeria, uh, the athleticism plays a part. They're very difficult to play in terms of um, their unpredictability. There's no real structure. No, and structure to coach against unstructured teams is so, so difficult. So um, they're going to be tough because they play a different style. Um, but uh, certainly don't underestimate them. And then I think probably our biggest challenge, as we mentioned, that second game for the Matildas against Canada, the Olympic gold medalists, only lost CONCACAF, the championship final to the USA, unfortunately beat Australia twice down under last year. Again, you know, we've got a few things to say about that, obviously. (laughs) And then there's this emotional connection too for Christine Sinclair because she's their all-time international goal scorer. Is this going to be her swan song? Will she play on after this? Can I tell you about Christine Sinclair? It's part of our family tree. She is related to me in some Poor way, thing. shape, she or form. Yeah, she is. Was she your cousin <laughs> or something? Yeah, back down Scottish blood. Yeah, I got I got sent the family tree. You wouldn't you're believe joking. it. Because you reckon yeah. if there'd be so any other Christine Sinclairs in the whole of the world? <laughs> I mean, it's got to be her. It's definitely her. <laughs> it has to be. But what I'm thinking is maybe if I got my opportunity up front, I could have scored as many goals as her as possible and played as long as her. Hey, I think there's a reason you didn't play up front. <laughs> let's, go, let's go back to Steph and hear what she has to say about Canada. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously an incredible side. They've got incredible players in probably, you know, some of the best teams and best leagues around the world. We have struggled with them in the past. um, And I think at major tournaments, they really come alive. They're 
you know, a great team as it is, but then in, in tournament mode, they're just another beast. And I think, you know, at a World Cup, they're, they're going to be firing. And obviously with a leader like Christine Sinclair, they're, they're definitely tough to play against. Um, but yeah, we're ready. Of course we're ready. <laughs> we're born ready. Um, one thing that we do need to watch out for, you've got to play, a, um, I'm sorry, a coach like Tom Samani who's doing a little bit of work for, for Canada. So I can't uh, believe Tom it. knows our players inside <laughs> out and again. backwards. And in fact... Um, Bought these these young guys. Well, you're not young anymore, Steph. <laughs> I know. Um, bought I these know. young guys throughout the 2011 <laughs> um, World Cup. So he knows our strengths and weaknesses. However, again, I think um, the Matildas run over the last couple of months are, are certainly going to shine through. Well, there we have it. The four teams in Group B, Australia, Republic of Ireland, Nigeria and Canada. And now comes the difficult decision. I don't think for Steph this is even Just a decision to make. She's already written Australia in as uh, B1. <laughs> there has been some conjecture in the media about whether we're going to finish first or second. But I think uh, if I'm reading the faces around the table of first. this podcast, we're all in the number one position for Australia, aren't That's we? That's why we're going you don't right listen to the media. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's real yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, who's going to be second then? Because... Uh, are we, uh, are we fighting this out between the three? Do we have a clear second in Canada or are we seeing the Republic of Ireland stand up on the world stage for the first time? I don't think, I don't think Ireland are, unfortunately, in that don't equation. Don't feel sorry for them, Michelle. <laughs> I always have a soft spot when there's debutantes. I think Nigeria, I mean, it depends on what they can put on show, but, you know, you can never completely discount them and they do have some quality stars like Oshawala as well. So... I don't know, but it's it's hard to look past Canada. I think they'll be coming through in second. Gold medalists, experienced at major tournaments. Canada. Tommy Samani is there, their inside oh. scoop. All right, you've sold yeah. it. You've sold it, Canada. Hey, you've sold it. I think we're all, uh, we're all in agreement that Canada will be B2. Yes, that's right. You heard it here. <laughs> B2, B2. Moving on to Group C. We've got Spain, Costa Rica, Zambia and Japan. Now, of course... Spain, uh, I think I'm not wrong to say, has underperformed at major tournaments uh, compared to our expectations for the last couple of years. Alexia Pateas will obviously be returning, which is great news for them, but they do have 15 players still on strike. That's been unresolved. And I think uh, we need to talk about that a little bit because when half your team says they don't want to play for the coach, but the association is standing by them, are they bringing a B team to Australia? The squad is going to be announced on the 12th of June, the extended squad. You think we're going to see some of those names back in there? We will see some of those names back in there, which is absolutely going to go against the rest of the 15. Um, Patelis is in. She was out this time last year, not just for injury, but she turned around and said she's going to play a huge role. This Spanish team is absolute quality. They didn't underperform at the Euros. They could have won. They could have clinched that game against England, who went on to win the Euros. But they didn't, H. Can I just just say, as long as Jorge Vilda is there, I don't think that they're going to go further than... Because he's got most of the Barcelona team, and as we all know, they're, they're winning everything on the European stage. So I don't think he's not getting the best out of them. He's, they've already critiqued like the environment, his tactics. So I, I don't know if they will be able to go further with him at the helm. But where do you draw the line? Do you come in together as a collective and know you've got the quality and know you might have young players that have, have good opportunity? You've got the depth, especially in mm-hmm. Spanish football. All of the Real Madrid players are playing. They definitely have the quality. So they've got the quality. Yeah. Um, but sometimes... Uh, 
teams that go on to win World Cups don't always win for the coach. They win for themselves and the team. Well, yeah, and the, the country. That. So I think that's that's a really important point. But Spain are. Uh, they're an incredible side, and and years ago we said it that they're coming, and um, they are. But uh, Portellas is going to in- give them a huge injection in terms of upfront. The other big name team in this one, especially to us, because they're our neighbouring Asian partners, uh, Japan, sitting eleventh in the world rankings at the moment, but capable of causing an upset. And of course, we saw them in two World Cup finals, one their way, one very much not their way. Uh, in you know the not too far back future. What's happened there, Heather, and, and what can we expect from them at this World Cup? Yeah, look, I think um, I think it's a toss-up with Costa Rica, Zambia and, and Japan, um, to, to be honest. Uh, Japan's more in the rebuilding stages. They've got several, several players that are playing um, overseas in, in top leagues, especially the WSL. Um, but they're not at their peak, and I would say, which is a big, big statement, they're more in the rebuilding uh, stages of their current core group. Um, getting experience at, at this major tournament to then build on, and they're all about succession planning, Japan. So you think it opens the door for Zambia or Costa Rica? Costa Rica claimed a surprise draw against South Korea and Spain at the uh, World Cup in 2015, if I'm correct. And Zambia, well, it's their first World Cup, so you'll be sitting on their fence waiting, <laughs> Michelle, you're like a first-timer. Yeah. Um, but they did get pumped by the Netherlands, you know, only 18 months ago, and I think they ended up 10-1. So... It I'm was 10-3, sure. oh, and okay. the thing about it is, is they can <laughs> score goals. <laughs> Maybe they can't defend, but they can score goals, and that's the good thing. It'll be exciting games. Costa Rica, though, they, they can play some quality football, um, you know, so I, th- I think they can be a dark horse. What of, can we liken uh, the Costa Rican style to? Brazil. Bit of flair. Yeah, mm. bit of flair, flamboyant, um, good technical ability, um, unpredictable in a way that the structure isn't always their thing. So I think Costa Rica are, are, a, are a key. What's your thoughts, Steph, on this group? Yeah, it's an interesting one. You're I not think even thinking about it, are you? Because you just focused on Group B. <laughs> yeah, I just can't <laughs> take my eyes off it, really. Um, no, I mean, I, I look at Zambia v Japan, for instance, and you've got two such contrasting styles of football. So I think Japan and the way that they play the foundations of their football and their style always takes them really far, and it, it means they're really tough to play against. But then you look at a team like Zambia who's just probably similar to Nigeria in the sense they're unpredictable, they're athletic. That really goes against Japan, I suppose. So you might get an interesting result there. I would say, I would tip, just based on my experience in playing against Japan, they always sort of have in the past run us ragged around the field with their you know, technical ability and the way that they play. But um, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. I think this one's going to come down to rankings. So I'm going Spain and then Japan. But H, Michelle, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I think this group is kind of set out in a way that it has to be those two, really. Yeah, it does. But I, I watched um, a couple <laughs> of months ago the, uh, the, the Zambia team and they've got two strikers. Wow. They're really athletic, can score goals, um, both feet. So I will say Japan because I love Japan as a nation. And um, they and do play... And because you were outvoted anyway, so really it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> it's all over. Yeah. Okay, we're moving on to Group D. Oh, the group of death, I don't know, D for death is normally where it sits, but I actually think this one's pretty clear cut for us. So we'll whip through it, but not too quickly because... We can't go past England to top this group. Host of uh, big name injuries still, you know, Leah Williamson, Beth Mead have already announced their squad. They've got a new captain in Millie Bright. Um, They did lose their first game under Serena, that really long streak into the 30s against our Aussies. Yes, that's right. They did also win the Euro 22s. 
and uh, we'll be going in as one of the tournament favourites. So can we just put this one to bed? No, we can't put it to bed. Because how many times has a team won a Euros and then backed up for a Women's World Cup? Well, you tell me the statistics. You seem to know them, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't, it hasn't happened. happened. Um, yeah, but the, the injuries. Mm. Massive injuries. What, what are your thoughts on the injuries, Steph? I, you play with most of those players. You've seen the, the depth that's coming through um, that's been chosen within the England squad. Do you think it's going to affect them? Especially, you've got Jill Scott that's not part of the team. Well, culture will be an interesting thing. Yeah, leadership yeah. and culture. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think they they sorted a lot of those issues that they've had in the past out throughout the Euros with the squad that they built with Leah as the captain. I think it seemed like the culture that they built was great. They were thriving, obviously playing the best football I've seen them play, the most consistent football I've seen them play. Um, so I don't think you can say that these injuries won't affect them. I think they'll have to do a lot of reshuffling and have a look at themselves and, and find different ways to win. I don't think we're going to see the same team or the same style of players we did um, at the Euros. You know, you've got players that sort of came off the bench as impact players during the Euros that did amazing things that will now probably be starters. So it's you're looking at a really different sort of lineup and setup. So. Um, in saying that, their depth is insane and they yeah. have incredible players um, who can score goals. Their backline's fantastic. Midfield, you know, Kira Walsh, incredible. Yeah. So definitely can't count them out regardless of the injuries. You're only as good as your last game. Yes, <laughs> and I was just going to say as well that Serena Beekman <laughs> at the Euros didn't really change her lineup at all when we saw Alessia Russo coming off the bench as the super sub. Do you think that... Serena Vegman's going to go for the same sort of thing here or will she have to move about and, and like you said, Steph, shuffle things around? Yeah, I mean, I think she will have to move things about. Um, you've not got access to however many players that started every single game at the Euros, so she will have to look at different options. I mean, even if you look at the players that they've brought in as the squad, a lot of them weren't involved at the Euros. So, um, but in saying that, they're all in form in the WSL. So mm. I think that's the main thing is that they're... They've got incredible players um, at every club in the WSL. They've got depth. They've got quality at international level. Um, so they'll reshuffle, but they're, they're still going to be really strong. The thing that I, th I thought Serena did really well at the Euros and was a huge point of difference was a consistency and continuity within the team and everyone played their role and responsibility. So regardless if you're player 23 or the impact player in Russo that's come off the bench, she knew her job, she knew what to do, and she did it exceptionally well. Yeah, definitely. I'm playing for her next contract. Anyway, let's yeah. move on, shall we? <laughs> Denmark, coming back to the Women's World Cup, ending a 16-year absence. Our very own expert here, Thomas Sorensen, will be uh, heavily on that bus. But do we give them any chance? We've got Haiti, who beat Senegal and then beat Chile to reach the Women's World Cup via the playoffs. Absolute outsiders. Didn't see that happening. And, and here they are. And China, who, you know, historically have been amazing. Runners-up in 99 were sat second in the world standings for a really long period of time around that, that time. That was an hour, you're right. I know, a long time ago. <laughs> but have now, uh, have now sort of, you know, been on the slide ever since, although they have qualified for seven successive knockout stages. So which of those three are going through alongside England? And will England be number one or number two? Surely you'd think that England are going to be number one. Second, Denmark, given the quality that they have. They do have like Penilla Harder and Signe Brun as well. So, I mean, you never know, but you would think it's those two. 
Yeah, you'd predict Denmark. However, I've just recently seen Haiti. <laughs> I know what I think, but I just want to throw in something else about another team I that think might Haiti make it interesting. Is going to get a result at this Women's World Cup, whether it's a draw or whatever it is. But that's the first time they're playing, and and watching Haiti play, it had that never say die spirit and the attitude. They and must watch the Matildas. Yeah, yep, well, exactly. that, it, it reminded me of back in the day, Aim, when we used to play. <laughs> we, all we had to do is roll up our sleeves. <laughs> You'd put a couple of two-footed tackles in and off we went. (laughs) But that's what Haiti reminded me of, not to mention their leader and their centre-back. I can't remember her name, but she's number four. She's one of the best defenders I've seen. There we go. All right, wrap it up for us, I mean, (laughs) I think that has wrapped it up, but I think I'm going to go England and Denmark. England D1. You you realise what this means later. I'm going to leave that there. Mm, You realise what this means later. Denmark, okay. Denmark, D2. Uh, Group E. Okay, I'm going to walk through this one because USA won the last two Women's World Cups. They've not been great in recent years, but they're still sitting number one. We'll find out uh, very soon if they can switch on into tournament mode. They're up against the Netherlands, Portugal and Vietnam. Now, Portugal and Vietnam, it's their debut World Cups. Portugal, of course, going through the playoffs to qualify. They beat Cameroon. Uh, Vietnam, also their first Women's World Cup. But the Netherlands, runners-up in 2019, but they've lost, I think, their biggest uh, biggest superpower in Serena Wegman. And, and have, uh, well, they obviously struggled under their coach at the Euros because that was a big see you later <laughs> to Mark Parsons, wasn't it? So uh, Steph used to be coached by Mark Parsons, didn't you? No, never oh, had well, him. Cut that then. <laughs> <laughs> that was Portland Thorns. Um, Ka- Ka- oh, yeah, Caitlin Ford. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. never crossed over with Mark, but Caitlin did. Well, the Netherlands didn't like him. Let's mm. just leave that well, there. Well, American so going into the Dutch system. The Dutch think they know everything in football. Disaster. And you bring in an American in. Oh, he's an English guy, but American system. That's the reason why. Cut that. <laughs> Start again. <laughs> They're playing over in New Zealand. Uh, it will be a really big group. I think USA is going to top it. Can they turn on tournament mode, though? The US. Yes. Do you doubt that? Yeah. Oh, the the USA, the depth and strength and athleticism and the mentality as well. Mm-hmm. They just have that winning mentality. No, it's not a winning mentality. I would call it. They <laughs> don't think they'll ever lose <laughs> mm, yeah. until they do lose mentality. But that's been instilled from a, a long time. But um, you've played with a lot of these players, Steph. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think they've they've gone through a little bit of growing in the last couple of years. They've introduced a lot of young players who are now I think you're looking at if you look at Sophia Smith for instance she is an incredible player she's killing it in the the NWSL she kills it at um, international level she scores goals she creates things Um, yeah they've gone through a little bit of growing I think they're out on the other side of it now and um, like you said they just never think they're going to (laughs) lose and that is hard to beat no matter who's on the field and I think that's ingrained in them from a young age and um, yeah, you can never count them out at a major tournament. Um, yeah, they'll definitely be up there. Netherlands, Portugal or Vietnam? Well, Netherlands will be without Vivian Miedemar, so that's obviously a massive loss there. A small loss. Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> and so... I don't know, yeah, looking at it, they, you're going to think that it's USA and the Netherlands. With, with Vietnam, most of their players play locally, so they don't have that sort of experience. So, yeah, I would say USA and the Netherlands to go through. Portugal did a good job yeah. to come through the playoff stage, and I, I don't think they can be discounted to... Mm-hmm. I think they'll certainly get a win in the group stage, but will it be enough to go through? I don't think so. So are we going USA 1 and Netherlands 2, or are we going the other way around? 
No, it USA. wasn't USA. I think USA, first, yeah. 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 USA 1 and Netherlands 2 in Group E, which means they'll be travelling across the ditch at some stage. All right. <laughs> group F, Brazil, France, Jamaica and Panama. So much to talk about in this group. Kill me now. Panama, <laughs> first ever Women's World Cup qualified via the playoffs. Jamaica's got Kadisha Bunny Shaw. 20 goals, 7 assists in 22 WSL games for Bunny Shaw. She'll be wanting to make up for missing 2019, that is for sure. But are they a one player team. Just ponder on that for a second. <laughs> History of peaking too soon at major tournaments. That is France and Heather, you don't even get a say on France unfortunately because <laughs> oh, you're half I'm getting a say. You're half French now. We've seen them uh, we've seen them sack their coach Corinne Diaca. They have a new coach at the helm. Um, Wendy Renard and some other players that weren't going to play are returning. And then we've got Brazil. I can't believe Australia hasn't drawn Brazil, by the way. Because it feels like every major tournament, Australia draws Brazil. Can we get them at some stage, though? I feel like we will, if there's a chance we will. We'll find out a little later in the (laughs) podcast. But they do have, you know, a big batch of young talent coming through. So this is a tough one. Yeah, they have they have that mix of experience and and youngsters. Um, So obviously, it's going to be such an honour to be able to see Marta as well here in in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and they found some new sort of form as well. They, it's like they've got their spark back again and it's coming at the right time ahead of the World Cup. Well, history tells us that Brazil don't normally come together as a national team until major tournaments happen, so that's why they've got their spark yeah. back <laughs> <laughs> There's a we reason for that. everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Jamaica. We mentioned Kadisha Bunny Shaw. Amazing, amazing statistics. 20 goals and 7 assists in 22 WSL games. One of the stars for this Jamaican side. You've come up or, up against her a few times. Steph, I'd love to hear what you think about her as an athlete and, and as a footballer. Mm-hmm. But is this Jamaican team relying on Kadisha? I think, of course, they're relying on Kadisha. But I think in the best sense possible. I think they've got enough around the field to create things for her and she doesn't need much. I've watched that many goals that she scored um, in the WSL where the ball's kind of just been whacked in and she finds a way to score and she's strong. She holds the ball up well. She brings other people into the game. Um, so I think they are relying on her, but I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think, yeah, she is in, in top form and I think Jamaica are going to be one to watch. I think they'll be tricky for, for all of these teams to get past. And Panama, I hadn't even seen Panama play ever until they made the playoffs and I watched them on Sport and uh, it's their first ever Women's World Cup. L- let's talk about what that does to a side because it's the excitement of making it is almost the milestone, isn't it? And then you try and enjoy the tournament and just get whatever you can out of it. And then you draw France and Brazil <laughs> and then one of the best strikers in the world and, um, yeah, you're sort of uh, really happy to be there. Panama. Panama. They're also very inexperienced as when it comes, obviously it's their first World Cup, but also most of their team's very young. They're, the majority are under 25, so it's, yeah. They've got a very difficult task. Maybe maybe next World Cup. Okay. So will it be Brazil? Will it be France? No, we need to speak about France. Why are we skipping France? Especially with everything that's happened. I I think for for our listening uh, purposes, we need to declare conflict of interest here. H H is married to a Frenchman and has just decided to turn half French since the team got half decent. So kick on. Not at all half decent. I'll just paint a picture. (laughs) Imagine having a coach 
that hasn't selected the top players and the most experienced players and have kept the team on a tightrope for many, many months or many, many years. Now they're free. And then they've sacked the coach, whether it was right, wrong or indifferent, and they've bought a quality coach in and then you've bought the likes of Renard back and Le Summer. That's my French voice. Yeah, um, <laughs> with this experience, and she can score from anywhere. And now you've got a revitalised energy amongst the team where you want to play for a coach because, do you know what, the shackles are off and the way he coaches is, is with, um, you know, be creative, be courageous, that, that kind of... Can I just I'm start? telling you now, it, the, this team is... Watch out. Watch I'm not out. sure I about this passion coming off you for the <laughs> French team. I'm not enjoying it very Australia's much. Australia's going to win the World Cup, Yeah, Kelly. okay, that's better. <laughs> Heather, just on the, on the coach, though, he's never coached in the women's game and he's only had a few months do you think that has any sort of impact putting your bias aside <laughs> no bias. I don't in fact I think the way he is and look it's only reading the media but um, an example is that um, one of the girls uh, has got children and he was very open arms to the children coming into camp he seems very laid back he seems like the most important thing is how you perform on the field as opposed to what you're doing off the field so I think it's about managing the team and sometimes when you go from men's football to women's football and vice versa, it's more about the team and managing the team. I don't think that's going, going yeah, to play a role. Management. Yeah, player management. He's got the yeah. superstars out there to do the job. Just let them do the job, right? Yeah. yeah All right, so will it be Brazil or France that tops this group? France. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, that Agreed. was easy. Thought we were going to have a little discussion there. And then, and we, and then we go into the semi-final. Uh, and yeah. Australia beat France. You know, you've been <laughs> waiting for this. Yeah, you've been making, making, a, you're making <laughs> Australia's journey harder and harder by <laughs> making these choices. Okay, uh, <laughs> is it is it Brazil or Jamaica? Brazil, 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 hundred yeah. percent. Okay. I'm, I'm just double checking. I feel like I was reading the room, but I just want to mm -hmm. make sure. Okay, Group G: Sweden, Argentina, Italy, and South Africa. Oh. Well, Sweden have played in every single Women's World Cup. They've made the semi-finals four times. They've got an Olympic silver medal uh, and one of the world's best defences until they came up against Australia recently, of course. Yeah, that's right. Ina Magdalena Eriksson. Yeah. Argentina, third Women's World Cup, but they've never won a game. So uh, I think they're friends with New Zealand. Um, <laughs> Italy, it's also their Ouch. third Women's World Cup, but we haven't seen them for quite some time uh, they did top the group in 2019, remember? Oh, yes, I want remember. To remember. We all that remember happened. that one. Mm. Uh, and beat Sweden in the Euros. But um, they have some exciting attacking players and, you know, uh, Christina Girelli is obviously one of them. And then we've got South Africa, who, H, I know you'll want to talk about because you used to coach a couple of their players. So where are we going here? Where is the feeling? Yeah, look, I don't, South, don't think South Africa is going to make it through to the next rounds. Um, however, they're a very predictable team. They play very similar. The coach has been similar for like four, six years or so. Um, Van Dyke has just not made the World Cup squad, um, who was their captain. So she's been left out. So again, leadership may play a role. Um, however, they've got some good, good conductors in the midfield. So South Africa... They've I never won a game them. at a World Cup either. Yeah, so, so that's am I just putting a too. big red line through <laughs> Argentina and South Africa and we can fight it out between Italy and Sweden? Well, yeah. Argentina, we might see yeah. the Aussie playing in Argentina. Jacinta Galabatarachi. Absolutely. Oh, Do you think yeah. she would get a call that quick? Off? Who can spell it? Just joking. Galabatarachi. I think I can. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name's not spelling <laughs> age. It's overrated spelling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we may well see an Aussie lineup for Argentina yet. Uh, Sweden, Italy. Are you scared of either of these teams, Steph? 
Absolutely not. Um, we obviously <laughs> had some good results against Sweden recently. Um, I play alongside Sina Blackstenius at Arsenal and she's in some great form. She's scoring for fun, so that will definitely be one to watch. And they are full of good players and they're another team that I think comes alive at major tournaments. So they've obviously not had some good results recently, at least against us. But um, I think come the World Cup, they will be firing and ready to go. Yeah, Sweden's got unfinished business. They haven't won a major tournament for a very, very long time. 1984. Uh, 1984. That's two years just after I was born. I saw that. Um, got a lot of silvers, don't they? Yeah, they mm. do. So they're always runners-up. Mm. But I think, um, yeah, Blackstanius, wow, she's in such great form. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they're going to be a dark horse. I know they're one of the top six nations that, that we speak about, and they'll probably top the group. But I think... Uh, Sweden have unfinished business. I just felt like with Sweden, though, at the Euros, they didn't really live up to their ranking and their performances were a bit lacklustre. So I just wonder if at the World Cup it will be a different story. They definitely have the quality. There's yeah, no question about that. Yeah. So is it Sweden and Italy? Big ticks or the other way around? Mm. Yeah, Sweden. Oh, yeah, so I, th- I think Sweden will top Get the group. Get off the fence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not on the fence. No. Sweden and Italy. Italia. Yeah, going through from Group G to Group H, the last group uh, of the, the little series that we run through in the group stages and then we move on to that round of 16, of course. Germany, Colombia, South Korea and Morocco. Well, Germany have to be right up there, don't mm. they? Because they lost the Euro 22 final. They've qualified for every World Cup. They've topped their group at every single World Cup they've been. And they've got Lena Oberdorf. And Alexandra Pop. And <laughs> Alex Pop. She's insane. Popping goals in from everywhere. I think someone <laughs> wow. said that at the last World Cup, yeah. yeah. Well, with Lena Oberdorf. With Lena Oberdorf, though, it's, it's crazy to think that she's only 21 and everything that she's accomplished so far. And she just looks like a complete natural on, on the world stage. So, I mean, Germany are one of the favourites to win it for yeah, sure, aren't they? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, we talk about unfinished business. Um, they've got two injuries to their two major players. I think Gwyn's injured. She's not, she's not um, named in the squad. It's a hard decision from the coach. But Germany, they, they are absolute quality and they've only got depth coming through. So they, they're going to be hard. Um, yeah, they'll definitely top this group. Uh, this is probably one of the weaker groups, to be honest. Yeah, agreed. Germany oh, for me. Group. Oh, Germany, oh, well. Don't worry about team two, three, and four. We're just going to forget about <laughs> oh, them. Yeah, I was Colombia qualifying for the knockout stages in 2015, but out in the group stage in 2019. Same for South Korea. They too were out in the group stage of 2019. And Morocco, well, it's their first Women's World Cup. And, uh, you know, paying them some homage because uh, they're the first Arab nation to compete in a Women's World Cup. So it's a big history-making moment for them and also, you know, another marker of the growth in the women's game. But if we're going with Germany up top, who's coming second? I think it's between Colombia and and South Korea. With the Colombia, I just want to point out that there's um, 18-year-old Linda Casado who plays at Real Madrid and she's supposed to be the next big thing in women's football. So, I mean, the World Cup's probably come a little too early for her given that she's only 18, so you can't have the biggest expectations. But that will be very exciting to see. I'm going to talk about Morocco and I'm going to talk about... <laughs> Steph Lawrence. Sorry, you think we're there. We're going to slide in with a late challenge to take us in <laughs> The reason why I'm going to talk about Morocco is because I was sitting in the crowd in Qatar listening to the crowd that gets behind their team at the Men's World Cup and how amazing Morocco did and the inspiration these women would draw from that. 
and um, for them to be the first Arab nation, it's history in the making. But I think they're going to be tough, not to mention um, all the all the different facilities they've got to prepare for the World Cup. I think uh, is a, <laughs> is true. we can't write that off. So look, I, I'd you love to see a dark. A dark Their coach like as well. Morocco. He he coached Leon um, Reynold Pedros, back-to-back Champions League wins. So, you know, he's and he won FIFA Women's Coach of the Year in 2018. So they have someone very very good leading them. So you guys were laughing at me about Morocco. <laughs> yeah, and here it is. It was the way you introduced Morocco. <laughs> yeah, it was a topic. bit random. <laughs> I wouldn't ignore South Korea though. No, South Korea are always tough. Well, I'm sorry, but you have to make a decision. <laughs> this game doesn't work anymore. So uh, in the crystal ball, it's Germany and who? Say it, Michelle. Name I don't it. know. I'm I'm tossing. It's it's hard because I'm saying. Oh, Colombia, but then South Korea, you can't rule them South out. Like it's Morocco. I don't know. Paper, scissors, rock for this one. You think Morocco? Make it exciting. Paper, scissors, rock. Is that how we're choosing it? Yeah, come yeah, on. Let's go. Are we Colombia or South Korea or Morocco? So Which one South Korea. Morocco. I'll be Colombia then. All right. Scissors, paper, rock. Oh, oh sorry. Scissors, paper, rock. Wow. They say great minds think alike. Scissors, paper, rock. Okay, you're out. Morocco's gone. Sorry, guys. So who is it? Um, South Korea. Colombia. Colombia. I actually think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's more accurate. And if we look at uh, we look at rankings, which I always fall back on when we get into no, rankings mean nothing. I know you say that, but it's at least something to stand yeah. uh, some <laughs> sort of stand yeah. behind better than scissor papers rock. Which, by the way, I thought it was rock paper scissors. I, I did that. It was oh. uncomfortable for me. That was not. <laughs> did I say scissors? I paper go rock? Pa- we'll I say paper scissors. Me rock. too. But we'll yeah, get into yeah. that debate on another <laughs> podcast, shall we? Well, there you have it after a hard-fought round of uh, paper, scissors, rock, and I'm going to make sure that's how we say it. That is the group stage all wrapped up by our panel of experts. We'll be back in a moment to run you through the knockout stages and find out who is going to be there come the final on August 20. This is the Women's World Cup special Gagan Pod brought to you by Optus Sport with Steph Catley, Heather Garrick, Michelle Escobar and myself, Amy Duggan. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back to our Women's World Cup special edition of the Gagan Pod, where we are taking a crystal ball. We've just walked you through the group stages and come out with who's going to finish first and second. That leaves us with some very intriguing matchups as we move into the round of 16. I'm Amy Duggan, joined by our Matilda in the house, Steph Catley, who, of course, be on the pitch come that <laughs> Women's World Cup, former Matilda. And I would like to say friend, but she's been very kind, unkind to me on the Gagan Pod today. <laughs> Heather Garriott, great to have you with us. And our expert reporter on women's football and it's all not things. not the same level, is it? No. <laughs> Michelle, you do an amazing job bringing us all the insight from around the globe on football and we love it. And you speak another language, which is well ahead of myself and maybe Steph. I'm so do sure. I. Yeah, you got a little bit of French in there. All right, let's move on to the round of 16 because we've picked Norway up against Japan. In our first round of 16, Steph Catley, who's going to win this one and go through? Norway for me, too much class. Um, 
yeah, individuals will shine in that one, I think. The winners of Group C versus runners-up of Group A, that is Spain and the Philippines. I love that we put the Philippines through as our outsiders, but I just can't see this one going any other way. Anyone want to disagree with me? Uh, Spain. Easily. By a lot. No, no, no. One thing I can say is in terms of conceding goals Mm. under Alan Stajic is very, very rare. So I don't think by a lot. But Spain score heaps of goals. Yeah, but that's right. It's easy to park the bus. We're not even having this conversation. (laughs) Spain is already through. Okay, uh, winners of Group E, USA taking on runners-up of Group G in Italy. Ooh, this is a little delicate. I don't think the USA is going to go on to win the whole thing, but I don't think it's going to stop in the round of 16. Does anyone want to disagree with me? USA going through. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know I'm on the right page. (laughs) USA. All right. Winners of Group G, Sweden taking on runners-up of Group E in the Netherlands. Tricky, tricky. little European face-off. What are the results of the Euros on this one? Anyone want to help me out here? I think you'll find it was Sweden because obviously they finished runners-up. So we're sitting on the Swedish bus. Yes, yeah. Sweden. Yeah. yeah, no, too good. Sweden will be too good for too that. Two disciplines. One. See you mm-hmm. later, Netherlands. Early, uh, early home flight for you. <laughs> Here comes the big one. It is Group B, and we've picked Australia to win the group. That means we face Denmark. Oh, that's easy. We're going through. <laughs> <laughs> easy does it. Yeah, we got this. Okay, so Australia in the time slot of. Oh, I'm just trying to find that one. Fifty-three. There we go. Australia going through and Denmark going home. Winners of Group D, England, taking on Canada. That will be a cracking mm. clash. If you've got That's round massive. of 16 tickets, uh, you'd be, your mouth would be watering. <laughs> it's going to be a tough game. I think that's going to go into penalties. England win. Yeah. Disagree? Although at the same time... Can you imagine Canada not going, going I'm out? I'm going to say Canada, there's, I think. Yeah, there's got to be an upset at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm going to upset USA next round. Oh. Okay, so we'll are we saving that, it then? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you saying okay, that? We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> so oh. where are we sitting? Is England going to get it done in penalties like Heather says or are we thinking Canada might upset? England should. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll go right, England. We'll go yeah. England. goals. Yeah, England will get it done. <laughs> you know what this means though as we move Scary. forward, right? Be careful what you wish for, everybody. Mm. Okay. Uh, the winners of Group F being France. Oh, that would be nice, wasn't it? A little bit of alliteration for us all there. Yeah. Up against, and we didn't choose Haiti for Group H, we chose South Korea. So it's France against South Korea, Korea, and I don't think there'll be any disruption on me saying that uh, France will take that one out yep. comfortably, yep. I think. Yep. Yep. Agreed. There'll okay. be several set plays, a hat-trick from Renard. Oh, on corners. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on corners. Yeah. All headers. Yeah, that's where she scores. Can't mark her. And the winner of Group H, Germany, taking on the runner-up of Group F in Brazil. Germany v Brazil, two very Ooh, different styles. Class. Again, another that'd be another cracking clash, wouldn't it? You'd hope it's not like the men's a few years back. Um, but who I, watched that? No, <laughs> <laughs> no Germany. Germany, Germany yeah. will overrun them athletically. Their athleticism um, at the Euros was superior. Yep, agreed. All agreed. There you have it, through to the quarterfinals. We have chosen Germany as the last team to make it through. I'm pretty sure that won't be the end of their journey. So let's take a look at these matchups. Same thing. Norway against the USA in the first quarterfinal. Ooh. It's tricky now. It is tricky. Just make a choice. USA. Ladies. Look into that. Yeah. Norway. Oh, wow. Really? Norway. USA, Norway. Out in the quarters. Yeah. Wow. 
Oh, I'm, I'm saying the US, USA. Yeah, you're outvoted. H. Sorry, right. it would be it would be amazing if that happened though. I, can I we just keep this recording, please? Finish, finishing <laughs> outside the top five. So we're moving on there. Spain against Sweden again. Two clash of styles. It really yeah. depends on what type of Spain turns up. Well, as we're well. assuming it's a Spain H is talking about, right? The mm. one where the whole mix of stars that's let just to do their thing and goes out to win as a team, not for the coach. Yeah. Okay, Spain then. <laughs> so we're going with Spain. Yeah. Do you agree, and just to, cl- just to clarify that, I don't think all 15 players will come back in the Spanish team because mm. they all have to apologise. Just remember yeah. that. They have to apologise to the, to the Federation. Said that they won't. However, I think there'll be several players out of that 15, and Portelis is one already who's started to instigate it, um, will be in that squad. And we saw how good they were against um, the Matildas. However, what was the scoreline? We smashed them. We smashed them? Oh, yeah, yeah, the second right. time. Yeah, I got yeah. us thinking about the first time. I was like, yeah. no, we didn't. Yeah, we smashed <laughs> no, we the second time. <laughs> See you later. All right, well, here comes the big one. Australia, with your crystal ball, mm. has drawn France. <laughs> oh! It's like, yeah, that's oh, a match Now she has to actually choose Australia yep. over France. I'm imagining sitting at the game with an Australian jersey and my three children with three Australian jerseys no, and my husband sitting half. there. <laughs> no chance. My husband's sitting there by himself over the other side of the stadium. <laughs> Australia goes through. Look Love out. That. We've got to back Australia because we're going to take Australia. No, we don't have to back way. Australia. But it's going to be very, very hard. No, it's not. No. Recent <laughs> form. When you come into major tournaments and your form has been consistently good, that's what's going to get Australia well, up the Let's line. just hope uh, France keep flunking the way that they have previously. Well, they've only got a couple of, couple of weeks to go. But, but so let's talk about this. <laughs> really changing. Let's talk about this, Steph, because uh, you're a defender, but mm-hmm. the big name that they talk about with France amongst the other multitude of stars they have is Wendy Renard. She's Mm -hmm. obviously the tallest player and I I assume again she'll be the tallest player at a World Cup. Incredibly difficult to mark on set pieces. Didn't hit the mark during the 2019 World Cup, mind Mm -hmm. you. Um, But you would face off against her in the corner situation. Yeah, she is impossible to just mark. Um, It takes a little bit of zonal, a little bit of marking to combat that kind of player. I think she's not only just tall, she's actually really good at heading. She's see, good see, at Heather moving. and I used to have a saying that said you can't run without legs. <laughs> 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 but you have VAR now, so it doesn't really work in yeah, your favour. So yeah. what, what is the plan? I mean, like I said, it's a little bit of a mix of zonal, a bit of marking. You try and bump her off before she even gets the chance to jump. That's the way I would go about it anyway. I often mark players that are taller than me and sometimes it's not even about trying to jump and compete. You've just got to that make sure they're doing... That millisecond of time it's so that timing. their timing is not there. Yep, exactly. What player would you put on, Wendy Renard? Again, it depends who we've got in our zonal because we usually put our best headers in the zonal so they can attack the ball yeah. and not be worried about marking. So we'll probably have someone who's pretty mobile blocking the run before she even gets the chance. So we've got a couple of different blockers, but a Caitlin Ford... Um, Ellie can go a bit rogue sometimes, so maybe yeah, we know that. <laughs> she's rogue, and that's a teammate of hers as well. I'd put I'd put Sam on her. Sam's vertical jump is yeah, incredible. Yeah, but there's well, no, she's there's smack no, uh, in the zonal. So. No one dissenting that Australia is going to go through and win that game. You need a blocker. Yeah, that's what you need. A blocker. A blocker. Exactly. Right, well, we can talk tactics all day, but you're not the coach, H, and neither am I. So we'll leave that to the experts <laughs> to get the job done. Fair enough. <laughs> England taking on Germany in the final quarter final again. What a cracking clash! This is going to be the best wow. World Cup yeah. ever if our crystal ball this comes through. This is in the quarters. Germany. Germany beats England. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- yeah, I, I think, I think so. Germany is yeah. due for a win. Yeah. Um, 
But let me ask a question. If you're the coach and you see this run... Which coach? Going, well, Serena or... Whatever coach, one of the top top coaches, the European coaches or our coaches, going in, would you come second in the group knowing you've got an easier oh, run? Heather. No, you could play your you could play your second team. This is a woman that always plays to win, and now she's like getting caught. Can't believe no, it's strategic, really. right? Yeah, but this is these are the questions that you'd be asking yourself as a support staff, and all your scouts would be saying as well. I guess mm. it depends on that going into that final game where everything stands right, and they can yeah. play that strategic way. Well, at the end of the day, you have to uh, beat the best to be the best, Facts. and that is where we're headed on this one. The semi-finals look like this. Australia taking on Germany and Great. the USA against Spain. <laughs> Is this where Spain beats the USA, Heather, in your books? Yep. Spain's going through. <laughs> Done. She said it. You're on the Spain train. You're, on the, you're all on the Spain train. Um, I mean, personally, I think the US will beat them. Very different styles when you look at it because mm. obviously um, Spain is a lot more technical, plays a, lo- uh, a lot more... Passing type football mm. is uh, probably a little bit less mobile, perhaps, in the American side, known for their athleticism, their quick transitions. Um, Not anymore, Aim. Spain, Spain athletically are unbelievable. And where do you see the goals coming from from the USA? Well, that, that is a very On the good world question. stage. That is a very good When you question. reflect back, maybe a Pino come off the bench and score a bomb. But You're relying on younger players. Yeah, young. you are. So... Mm. Anyway. And that's all about combinations, right? And mm-hmm. at the moment they don't have those uh, well-known combinations. That's a good point. Mm. All right, so it is Spain going through to the final. And obviously Australia is playing Germany in the semi-final. And Sorry. I, need to, I think I need to stop answering these. You need to stop answering. Michelle, <laughs> is it it's Australia or is it Germany? I don't want to be the one that crushes everyone's hearts. <gasps> Are you joking? Are you really going to back Germany? I'm not backing. I'm not backing. It's just the... I think Germany... Oh, it'd be so tough. Lock your ears, I mean, you'd obviously... Lock your ears. Having the home side advantage is going to be like the 12th man, but... Or woman. Or woman. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) As the sayings go. Um, Okay, fine. Australia then. I mean, I want Australia there. No, but I well, think you go with your gut. Your gut mm-hmm. seem like Germany. I mean, this isn't Ooh, going what? to happen. Our predictions are going to be wrong, so... No, they're not. No, they're not. Some, <laughs> some are going to be right. Like, Haiti will get a draw at the World Cup. <laughs> this is what I think. The conundrum that... Heather's husband will be sitting on the other side of the stadium. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking to him. The conundrum is, is when you play the likes of the best striker in the world, Sam mm. Kerr, and you're at Germany, you're going to drop off. But you know what? It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. You've got Caitlin Ford that's sitting in behind that's going to pick up the ball in behind. So do you drop We've off? We've got Steph you cre- Cadley. Do What's you cre- wrong with Hang on, get into our outside fullbacks. We've got some of the Oh, I know. I definitely think Australia players. can. But it's just so hard to pick between Australia and Germany. Maybe penalties, Australia wins. Yeah, oh, Michelle, that wasn't convincing. <laughs> um, but athletically as, as well... The Australian team, the amount of games that we've got up our belt from a athleticism point of view, and I, yeah, I think um, I think Australia's winning, mate. Well, there you have it. Out of the words of our experts here at Optus Sport, we've been through all the group stage, we've been through the quarters, the semis, and we've made the final. The national anthems are playing, the FIFA anthem is playing and it's Spain and Australia walking out onto the pitch and I can see no other happy ending to this than Australia, of course, lifting that 
World Cup trophy. But this is a crystal ball, isn't it? So uh, No, we need to imagine for a while no other home nation has ever won the Women's World Cup and Australia has created history on so many occasions in the last couple of years and so no better time to do it in front of all our home crowd. Love that. Sounds perfect to me. <laughs> and uh, for the Spanish players sitting at home not wanting to play at a World Cup or not wanting to play for their country because they well, don't you know like what? their coach, Stay at home. shame on you. It <laughs> certainly won't come true if those players don't make it out onto the field. But it's one thing we cannot wait for, and that is the Women's World Cup. All 64 matches live on Optus Sport. If you haven't got your hands on some tickets, which are rare as hen's teeth now, get your bum on the couch, join us as we take you through all 64 matches and, uh, of course, kicking off Australia's campaign at Stadium Australia on July 20 as we take on the Republic of Ireland and smash them, Steph Catley. That's right. All right, let's have some fun now, shall we, Steph? That was fun. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Michelle, (laughs) for your expert opinions. But we're going to throw some questions. These are all coming at you. This is don't think too much, just spit it out and throw your teammates under the bus as much as you can. Who is the longest to get ready in the changing rooms? Um, to be fair, I've got to be up there. Oh, it's you. I'm fiddly with my hair, but uh, probably Alana Kennedy's up there as well. Perfectionist. Pony of the day. Who's mm-hmm. in charge of the music? That would be Sam Kerr. What She's, type of music is it? It's all over the place. She's got a little bit of now, some old school, very upbeat and just a, a really good mix. You've got an early training session tomorrow morning. Who's the last to turn up? Uh, that would be Caitlin Ford and Mackenzie Arnold, always the last to breakfast. Um, yeah, they love a sleep in. Who has the weirdest pre-match superstitions? Again, that would be Sam, I think. she's um, she, She's got some game day uh, socks and undies that never get changed really they're old they're they obviously get washed don't your face went <laughs> blank there but um yeah they're very old and socks have holes in them undies are close to that too probably who's the smartest teammate claire polkinghorn yes by far it was an easy one, wasn't <laughs> easy. It? the funniest teammate um there's a mix so there's like so many funny different ha-ha, types not funny weird funny haha probably uh emily van egmont very dry witty quick like and no dad. filter no filter Love that no about filter. who's your favorite teamie to room with um my long-standing teammate to room with has been lydia williams easy going no problems yeah what is your favorite thing about living in london um probably the shopping oh not the coffee no, it's I mean, I'm from Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got a new contract at Arsenal and your manager, Jonas Edeval, praised you as one of the best defenders in the game. Do you agree? Paid him for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't talk about myself. That's making me cringe, but I'm glad he thinks so. That's well, important. We can talk about you extending your contract with Arsenal and you did a re- really, really great job. Uh, <laughs> your TikTok account. Oh, no. It's been a bit quiet lately. <laughs> Uh, but does feature your Arsenal teammate. Mate, of those Arsenal teammates, which one of their TikToks is your favourite? Uh, Jen Beatty. She is all over the TikTok. We call her the TikTok queen. She's very good. And if you haven't seen her TikToks, you should get on that. And when you finally get around to marrying the love of your life, oh, God. is Calvin going to be the ring bearer? A hundred percent. He is the love of my life. I thought we were talking about Calvin. (laughs) Yes, he'll be involved a hundred percent. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Quick fire questions to Steph Catley. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.